Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Wednesday. October 4th, 2023, while the week is flying by, as is the cybersecurity landscape. A lot of things happening. I had to close a couple tabs. I had too many news stories open, so I'll try to get real quick into banging these out. I want to give a quick shout out, though, to Chris Lambert. Uh, he is one of the one of my connections on LinkedIn, and he gave me a shout out on LinkedIn for the podcast. So Chris, thank you so much for that. Chris is in Northampton, England. So I appreciate uh, Across the Pond. If I ever get over there, hopefully I can buy you a beer or the beverage of your choice. Uh, okay, so let's get right into it. I got a, uh, what am I got here? I got eight, eight tabs open. Some of them will be quick quick read. Some of them will be more editorial. Some of them will be educational. That's kind of the thing here, right? News, education, opinion. So this is from the register, Brandon Vigliarolo. Sorry, sorry, Brandon. I'm sure I butchered that name, but this is not going to be a surprising headline, nor is the story really going to be that surprising, but it just goes to show that this is why we can't have nice things. The U.S. State Department has no idea if its IT security actually works, says auditors. Now, there's a hell of a headline right there. So the U.S. Department of State has largely failed to implement an effective cybersecurity risk program, auditors concluded in a report last week. That means a crucial arm of the American government is potentially wide open to cyber attacks. It may not be able to identify or stop. Well, if you remember, I believe it was last Thursday, I noted that the State Department had lost 60,000 emails to a data breach. Not a surprise. And let's be honest, it's not just the Department of State. It's probably every U.S. Department of whatever has this issue. State Department is getting banged with it right now. So this is a quick article if you want to take a peek at it. But um, it's here's a there is a paragraph that has a bolded title, a federated mess. Well, let me read that one. A good portion of the blame for the State Department cybersecurity planning failures falls, at least according to the GAO, on states feder, federated structure that splits IT management responsibilities between the department, CIO and other sub organizations. That really is the problem, right? Is splitting your management responsibilities. It should all be under a singular management system. When you matrix it out, bad things can happen. So again, this is not just Department of State, I'm sure. Maybe we'll have a weekly pouring out of, of these kind of report, audit reports and how bad cybersecurity is. And you would like to think the government has the ability to pay to do good cybersecurity, yet sadly they don't. So some of the examples of deficiencies include limitations on the CIO's ability to effectively manage and secure the IT systems, lack of mitigation of department-wide cybersecurity risk, that's not good, incomplete risk assessments, I mean, it goes on and on. So your government really doing the job for you. All right, from darkreading.com, Elizabeth Montabano reporting, fast-growing Dropbox campaign steals Microsoft Share SharePoint credentials. So thousands of messages are being sent weekly in a campaign that uses links hosted on legitimate websites to evade natural language processing and URL scanning email protections. Again, this is the bad guys figuring out ways around technology that is posed, created to stop them, and they are winning, obviously. Threat actors are using messages sent from Dropbox to steal Microsoft user credentials in a fast-growing business email compromise campaign. The effort evades natural language processing-based security scans and demonstrates the rapid evolution of these type of risks. Always going to be the case. There's always going to be rapid evolution. Bad guys are always going to be in the forefront. I get these all the time. I get all sorts of Dropbox things. I just basically delete them because I know they're crap because they go to one of my email addresses that I have no reason to 
have to use Dropbox or sign into anything. And uh, ironically, it's the cyber guy dot com email address that I get all these to. It's kind of humorous, but whatever. So, you know, obviously be on the lookout for these fake messages that go to, they go to a legitimate site, but they end up stealing your credentials. And then if all your credentials are in an Office 365 type environment, not only do they get access to your SharePoint, they probably get access to your email and to your OneDrive and to everything else. And bad things are going to then happen. So again, be aware of it. Look for it. Um, if you're a business owner, let your employees know, make them aware of these kind of things. Take this article. There's a link in the show notes and pass it to everyone so they can kind of see it. This is why I do this podcast. So people can be aware of these things because not everybody can spend all the time looking at cyber news. So here, here we are. All right. States. This is from, uh, who is this from? Statescoop.com. Ransomware. Um, this is actually a hat tip on this one to Corey Munson. He posted this. Corey Munson from PCMatic posted this on LinkedIn. So I stole it because I thought it was an interesting story. Um, Statescoop.com. This is Skylar Rispin's reporting. More Ransomware delayed payment of school staff in an Arizona county. More than 4,500 employees across 14 school districts were affected by a ransomware attack targeting Pinal County, Arizona. So in this case, the bad guys got access to the entire school district's system and really screwed them up. So the paychecks of more than 4,500 employees across 14 school districts in Pinal County, Arizona, were delayed last week following a ransomware attack. The attack on the School Office of Data Processing and Service Consortium in Pinal County, which straddles Phoenix and Tucson, was discovered on September 24th, and staff worked around the clock to restore access, according to a statement shared Thursday. Several school districts had not processed payroll at the time, while the office said delayed uh, direct deposit, deposit payments for its delayed direct deposit payments. So obviously, this guy in the ghost to show some of the unintended consequences of your poor cybersecurity strategy, because obviously when you have this kind of data breach, a lot of bad things happen. So, you know, and school, school districts, um, you know, are, are, a, are a huge target. Why are they a target? Because they are understaffed from a cybersecurity standpoint or have no cybersecurity, they have an IT group, but not in a cybersecurity group, have no cybersecurity strategy and therefore can get banged on. I mean, there have been tons of stories over the last year of large, I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess this is a large school district, but other large school districts like Osceola County in Florida um, and some other ones that don't come right to mind in, in, immediately, but have been hit with ransomware attacks. And schools are probably either going to pay them or they're going to be down for a long time as they try to fix the system. And the problem is if they're, if they're restoring their system from a backup, the vulnerabilities that existed that allowed the first problem or the first intrusion are going to allow a secondary intrusion at some point unless you fix those vulnerabilities. Now, chances are the staff that put all this stuff together back together after Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall, put Humpty Dumpty back together exactly the same way Humpty Dumpty was created the first way. That's a real bad metaphor, but it kind of came to my head. So think about it this way. Have someone, you got to pay. Once you do this, if you don't pay the ransomware and you rebuild your system, or even if you do pay the ransomware, you rebuild your system, hire an outside entity to do a vulnerability assessment or a penetration test, find your vulnerabilities and patch them if you can. School district really need to pay attention. From This is also from cyberscoop.com, AJ Vicenz reporting, NATO investigating a breach, leak of internal documents. Again, why we can't have nice things. NATO is investigating claims by a politically motivated hacktivist group that it breached the Defense Alliance's computer systems, which, if confirmed, would mark the second time in the last three months that the group known as SiegeSec had broken into NATO systems. Again, this goes to show that large 
bureaucratic organizations are just not prepared for cybersecurity threats and attacks. And they're funded well enough that they should be able to. Honestly, how do we fix it? I don't know. It's going to have to be. I mean, this this is bad to me. If NATO, which has a fairly robust responsibility globally, can have all of their crap taken by a hacktivist group. It's not even a state sponsored group. It's a hacktivist group, for God's sakes. Pretty much Russia is going to look at that and China is going to look at that and say, ooh, all right, let's go find out where that particular vulnerability is and see if we can get in. Chances are SiegeSec is selling that information online and bad things are going to happen. How much was taken? 3,000 documents, uh, nine gigabytes worth of data. I'm going to say that's quite a bit of information. So, um, you know, that's a bad thing. We will continue to see bad things. Governments aren't getting their crap under control. Um, I'm not sure how we fix it other than, again, it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month, so hopefully this podcast is helping raise awareness um, so you can do your part by sharing it and letting other people know the, to uh, tune in and listen so at least we're aware of these things. Uh, okay. From bleepingcomputer.com, Sergio Gatlin reporting. New Looney Tunables Linux bug gives root on major distros. So if you're a Linux user, there is a new Linux vulnerability known as Looney Tunables, which enables local attackers to gain root privileges by exploiting a buffer overflow weakness in the GNU C libraries LD.SO dynamic loader. So this was discovered by Qualys Threat Research Unit. It's already got a CVE. It's CVE 2023-4911, which means it's been out there for a while. And it was introduced. It was been out there for a while. Introduced in April 2021. This is an old CVE. Um, why it's got a 2023 one, I don't know, but whatever. Um, a quote from Saeed Abbasi, product manager at Qualys. Our successful exploitation leading to full root privileges on major distros like Fedora, Ubuntu, and Debian highlight this vulnerability severity and widespread nature. So certainly a problem. Be aware of this if you are a Linux user and you're downloading these new um, uh, boon, um, Linux flavors for use you know, update where you can. So again, a lot of this is going to be patching. Some of these stories is, is, is going to remind us we need to patch our systems and be aware of that. Okay. I'm running low on time. So let me quickly bang through a couple of these other ones. The hacker news, Qualcomm releases a patch for three new zero days under active exploitation. So Qualcomm is a chip maker. Chances are you are, you own a device somewhere either at home or at your business that has a Qualcomm chip and so this is, a, this is a fantastic sentence if you love cybersecurity. My fantastic meaning this is not good. Chipmaker Qualcomm has released security updates to address 17 vulnerabilities in various components while warning that three other zero days have come other active exploitation. So it's just a matter of time before the other 14 are found. Of the 17 flaws, three are rated critical, 13 are rated high, but one's only rated medium. So we got that going for us, which is nice. So in this case, patches uh, exist for... Uh, for issues affect, affect, uh, sorry, affecting the Adreno GPU and the Compute DSD driver. So you can fix those if you have, chances are you have a Qualcomm device. So, you know, start update again. Hopefully you have a good patch cadence going and you are patching these things up. So there's still 14 vulnerabilities that have yet to be patched, which means bad guys are going to very quickly figure out how to exploit them. Bad stuff is coming. So again, it is probably we, we conducted through some kind of social engineering, phishing, um, campaign. So again, the more you can advise your, your folks, your employees, your friends, your neighbors to be careful what it is they're clicking on, the better because someone always clicks a link. All right. These last two are more uh, opinion type articles. First one is from helpnetsecurity.com. Barry O'Connell, 
wrote this one and his title is Evolving Conversation, Cybersecurity as a Business Risk. I'm not going to read a lot of this other than recommend it to you to read if you're a business owner, because it goes through the fact that, you know, you have to take into account cybersecurity. So board members often lack technical expertise and may not fully grasp cyber risks. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, CISOs are more accustomed to interfacing with IT staff. This is understandable. The board's responsible for guiding high-level decision-making. They rarely become involved with the details, leaving implementation plans and technical audits for the CISO to handle. The solution is effectively integrating the CISO into the C-suite, right? This is where a lot of companies need to go. Is Now, CISO has a C in it. It's Chief Information Security Officer, so it should be in the C-suite, but it's more of a position that sits below the CIO. Um, and so ultimately, or, or below the CSO. So ultimately, it's not, a, it's not a board member or a C-suite member, but it needs to be. And honestly, with new SEC rules for publicly traded companies, you must have a board member that is cyber knowledgeable. So if you haven't figured out how to crack that nut, let me know. I'll be happy to sit on your board and be your cyber knowledgeable person for a very small fee. So contact Darren at thecyberguy.com if you need a board member who's cyber, cyber smart and can help you out. So Shameless pitch there. Last one here from CSOonline.com. Mary Pratt writing this one. The value of threat intelligence, the challenges CISOs face in using it effectively. And this is an interesting one simply because I've talked a lot recently about the value of cyber threat intelligence. It's information that you have kind of like this. This is kind of a cyber threat intelligence podcast with limited intelligence provided, just kind of drives you to where you can look for it. But from the article, knowing the who, what, when, and how of bad actors and their methods is a boon to security, but experts say many teams are not always using such intel to their best advantage. Sean P. Murphy knows firsthand the importance of putting threat intelligence to good use. Murray was advising a defense contractor for the U.S. government when information from a threat intelligence report raised a red flag. Based on the data, Murray ferreted out a problem in the company's supply chain, identifying that a potential new vendor that purported to be Canadian was actually headquartered in Russia and linked to organized crime. The intel further indicated that many shared uh, many that any data shared with the vendor would ultimately end up in Russian servers, right? That is the value of cyber threat intelligence. It gives you information you may not know and can protect you. So find areas, find sources of threat intelligence that you can use. There's plenty of Google, go to chat GPT and say, where can I find threat intelligence? It'll tell you where to look. I mean, it's not all going to be correct, but it's going to push you in the right direction. And you need to incorporate this into your organization and find bits of information that's important for all your personnel to look at and know. So that's just a uh, go look at that article. Again, the link is in the show notes. Well, again, I'm running up on 15 minutes. I tried not to get, make these this long, but there's just so much cyber stuff going on. I'm trying to quickly bang these out because like I say, we're here for a good time, not a long time. As always, I thank you so much for listening. If you are so inclined to share this podcast with others, I certainly appreciate it. If you have thoughts, comments, suggestions, you can feel free to email me, Darren at thecyberguy.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Substack. You can find me on X, uh, Facebook, Instagram, I think that's all I'm on. I'll be honest, Instagram, Facebook, I don't spend a lot of time on, but I'm there if you want to find me there. So I appreciate it always, as always, send thoughts or comments. I'm happy to hear them. Happy to, to converse with other folks of like-minded cybersecurity concerns. So until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day because if you get a little, and thanks for listening, because if you get a little cyber smarter, you get a whole lot cyber safer. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by Cyber Guy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.